salutations and shit folks welcome to another episode of travel shit your new favorite travel podcast where i your host d carrie have more of an experiential conversation on travel as opposed to uh strictly being destination based because not exactly that fun for me at least if that's your thing i mean you know find another podcast welcome to the new view i am sitting in the corner with everyone's favorite little co-host if you're watching on the internets don't be alarmed there's nothing wrong with your uh screen um i've got mixing please and i have a guest but just wanted to start by saying again happy new year folks I appreciate y'all rocking with the kid. I really do appreciate your support. I appreciate the messages that have been coming in and um, I love y'all. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. Welcome to Traveling Shit and I hope that you continue to fuck with us. I will save all the commercials for at the end because I honestly hate listening to shit drag in the beginning and stuff. So I've got another guest. I am very pleased to, uh, let me start with saying Clubhouse. If you're there, you're there. If you're not, I don't want to say you're not missing out. It all depends on your personality type. I um, discovered this young lady. Actually, I've been following you for a while, I think, uh, especially with, uh, what is your IG? I think it's Bella Worldwide. Yes. Is it that one? I yes. think I've been following you on that. And that's another thing about um, the, all the different platforms that keep coming out is you realize, oh, I've been following you already. Or you end up joining like a Facebook group and it's like something about this profile picture seems familiar. And then you are on Instagram and boom, there's the person. So I was on Clubhouse and listening to a travel uh, discussion room and one of the moderators really, I not the, and the difference in it is that anybody can tell a story, but people don't always tell stories that keep you engaged. And I gotta say, Cassie, that I loved the way you told the story and that's what really sold me. So I absolutely wanted to have you come on and discuss something that I think a lot of people tend to forget. Um, this episode is gonna be about a couple of things, but a big portion of it is absolutely going to be um, getting hurt abroad and safety abroad. I hear so many questions about how to travel safely as a woman abroad, how to travel safely as a solo traveler. And there are absolutely valid concerns. However, I think that a lot gets lost on whether you're alone or with someone else, you can absolutely still get hurt. So I absolutely wanted to welcome you on Cassie. Thank you for sitting with me. I appreciate your time. And that's what we're going to be here for. So first start, well, I guess, well, not even first, because I already started running, right? Let's backtrack and have you introduce yourself. Go right ahead. You're hilarious. I honestly <laughs> I didn't look and feel like crap right now so I could be on camera with you, but we move. But thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. I can already tell you have amazing energy, so I'm excited for the conversation. Um, thank I'm you. Happy. Go by Cassie Isabella, which is my middle name, full name Cassie Isabella Woodley, Bella Worldwide on Instagram. And I am a travel content creator as well as a group travel curator. I am the co-founder and CEO of a company called The Roman Republic, where we host dope group trips. And I just enjoy um, getting people abroad, inspiring people to get abroad and just displaying the wonders that travel um, has to offer because travel has literally changed my life. And so I live to inspire the people to get out there and let it change their lives too. That's so, why. Thank I'm you. <laughs> so um, before we loop back to Clubhouse, let's just jump to the meat and potatoes. 
I also am excited that, not excited, well, I can say I'm excited because you I. So I'm excited that it's not just the one story. I can't wait to hear the second one. So whichever you'd like to start with, whether you go in chronological order, it's, it's uh, sure world, baby. Go ahead and tell the story about how you got hurt abroad. So this summer, um, on our first, so my the first trip I took, not really the first trip, I lied. Um, the second trip I took since the pandemic, the pandemic okay. started. Um, initially, I went to London, stayed there with my boyfriend, and then um, we from there we traveled to Croatia, Italy, um, Greece, and Slovenia. Um, mm -hmm. It was in Croatia that I had this accident. So basically, it was like maybe day four. We basically. Um, rented, didn't rent, we partnered with a company called Indie Campers to do a camper van trip at, through Croatia, which was- I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, now that you met, I've, I saw that on the Instagrams. Okay, yes. that, those were, were really beautiful, dope. beautiful um, photos. Such a dope trip. You can find out, you can see the whole like um, trip on my YouTube channel, Cass and Jove on YouTube. We vlogged it, vlogged the whole thing in two parts. Also the accident is there as well. Um, but basically what happened was I love riding motorbikes. It's one of my favorite things to do when I'm abroad. If there's a motorbike to be rented, I am finding it and I am riding it. That is what I do. So I'm in good. Croatia. I'm scary. I'm too scared to do it. And this is a perfect example of why, because I this would be me, but like probably way more frequently than you ever would. But go ahead. It's crazy, like, because it's not my first time having a motorbike accident abroad, but I still got back on a bike because I just love, I love it. I think that mm -hmm. it, it can happen to anybody. An accident yeah. of any kind can happen to anyone and that shouldn't stop me. It should just make me more cautious the next time that I ride. Maybe I, I didn't take that note for myself, <laughs> but obviously it happened again. But basically, um, we, my boyfriend and I were leaving this like castle that we wanted to get into at the top of the mountain, at the top of this mountain. And the guy was like, you have to pay cash and you don't have enough cash. So you need to come, come back um, with cash. So we were going down this hill to go to an ATM to get money out so we could pay to enter this, this cash, this um, castle. And as I'm turning the corner, what happens is if you like um, second guess yourself when you're turning a corner on a motorbike, that's the quickest way to fall off because you need to be gathering enough speed to like not fall off balance, especially when you're taking corners. And what I did was I slowed down too much and I fell sideways off of the bike. So I wasn't speeding. I didn't like crash or go fast or anything like that. I was really going too slow and just fell off the bike as I'm going down around this corner. And I hit my head. I don't know what else I hit. I thought my teeth had fallen out because I'm oh. feeling like rocks in my mouth and my, I'm seeing blood. And I, at this point, I'm on the ground. I don't really know what exactly has just happened. I just know I've fallen off my bike. Everything hurts. And am I dying? Like, is that what's happening right now? Um, and, and I'm dizzy. This Croatian man pulls over and like pulls, parks the bike on the side and I'm crying and I'm like, my boyfriend comes over and I'm like crying. Like, I'm like, my teeth, my teeth gone. And he's like, babe, don't worry, your teeth are there. I'm like, no, I can feel my teeth, they're gone, they're broken. He's like, don't worry, don't worry, you're good, you're good. Croatian man puts us in the truck and brings us to the hospital, which so happened to be literally two seconds around the corner. Okay. And so we go to the hospital um, they put me into a room. We call our other two friends, Clay and Ash, who were on the trip with us, tell them what happened. They had been like paddleboarding or something somewhere. And they they eventually rushed to meet us. Um, they patch, they cleaned me up a little bit, patch up my knee, had a big, big patch on it. 
um, my upper leg had a big patch on it. My arms were scraped as well. And my lip was split open. So, um, so they basically patched everything up and were like, we don't have the tools to help you because we were in um, Havar, Havar Island. I missed all those details. We're in Havar Island, Croatia. Um, we were taking like a ferry to this small island. So we're not on the mainland and they don't have the tools to like x-ray or stitch or anything up. So they're like, you're gonna have to go to the main island split, the mainland split to get checked out, to make sure you don't have a concussion, to make sure like if you need stitches, they could do that for you and do an x-ray on your leg. Cause at this point I cannot walk on my leg. I'm thinking I must've broke something. I don't know what's happened. So they're like, um, you're gonna have to do take a ferry there because it's 11 p.m. at night and there's no, the main ferries have stopped running and obviously it's COVID. So even worse schedules. So they're like, we'll arrange right in the middle of fucking COVID at that damn so that was another added stress to your stress as is is now you're in a hospital with COVID COVID. going on yeah surprisingly enough they let us all in the room maybe it was like so much chaos going on that they they didn't really catch it but uh, they let us all into the room and then um um they're like we're gonna send you on a ferry it's gonna cost you 650 euros to go on this ferry <laughs> to the main, right? That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Which is more in dollars, by the way. Like, if you're not certain, euros are, you want 600 and something euros. in American Damn. dollars, even worse in Canadian dollars, okay? Oof. Like, so that's pretty much like over a thousand dollars for me to take a 45 minute ferry to the mainland. Ooh. And so we could have also waited till the morning um so we could just drive the camper van back but like at this point I hit my head really hard yeah. and we don't know if I have a concussion so it's better safe than sorry to go across to the to the uh hospital and get checked out so right. our friends though who had um who had were paddle boarding they're like we're gonna call the guy we were paddle boarding with and ask mm-hmm. him because he has a boat so he gives us half the price so he says well, I'll take well, I'll do it for 300 euros instead so we're like yeah we're gonna take that instead yeah and so happens to be the same guy who drove me to the hospital oddly enough the guy who oh. was randomly passing by as I fell off the bike was the same guy who rented them the paddle boards and had the had the boat so circle right so um he's like well I'll take you for 300 euros we tell the, the the nurse or the paramedic, I'm not really sure what he is, that we're gonna take our own boat instead of theirs. And he's like upset now. So next thing you know, we see him leave the room and he comes back and officers are with him. So officers come into the room and start asking me what happened. I tell them what happened. And they're like, okay, we need to see your ID because we need to fill out a police report. And I'm like, why? I just fell off my motorbike. Like I'm not understanding what's happening. They're like, yes, but if an accident happened, we need to file a report okay, cool, give them my ID. They start filling out the report and they're like, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna keep your ID because we wanna make sure you come back to the police station so that you can pay the fine. And I was like, pay a fine for what? And they're like, this is the law in Croatia. When you fall off a bike, you pay a fine. When you have an accident, you pay a fine. And I'm like, I didn't have an accident. I fell off my motorbike. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't hit anybody. I tipped over on the bike. And that's it. So I have to pay a fine for that. They're like, this is the law. So now they're getting aggressive and we're, we have our phones out and we're recording this. I'm recording this. My girl Ashley's recording this. And she's now being, she's now being like, why are you being so aggressive? Like, why are you, um, 
like yelling he has his hand on his gun so she's like can you take your hand off of your gun like you're being really aggressive right now he's like no i don't have my hand on my gun and you you cannot record me you cannot record a police officer and we're like yes we can and he literally grabs the phone out of her hand and i'm still recording this so again i caught this all on camera um and he grabs the phone out of her hand and he's like no this is against the law you cannot record the the officers you cannot do this and we're just like at this point let's just get out of here because this is getting super hostile and super aggressive the paramedic or nurse or whatever he is comes back into the room and he's like you guys need to leave right now because because of you guys nobody wants to come into the hospital because you guys are here and we're like we weren't even trying to stay here we just wanted our id back and he's not giving it to us we just want to leave we called the embassy, the Canadian embassy is just like, you're just gonna have to leave it with them because we can't do anything about their laws. So you can get a new idea when you come back. So, so at this point- uh, can, I, can I pause you for a second? Yeah. How, what you mean nobody wants to come in because you're here, it's a hospital. The nature of a hospital right. visit is not, hey, who all over there? You go to the fucking hospital because you have to right? be there, not because you wanna be there. Like, right? they're not even giving you anything like, uh, they weren't making no sense it it really felt like I don't know like he was obviously upset that we weren't using his little plug because obviously mm -hmm. he gets a cut out of that I'm sure right. and um it was just like hostility for no reason that's really what was happening here you have somebody bleeding hurt could be right? in serious need of medical care and you worried about what how they get to that urgent medical exactly. care that's not know. what's that's, and they took all of your IDs or just your ID? Just mine, just mine. Okay. At first they took my boyfriend's as well, but he was like, I wasn't the one who was in an accident. They did a breathalyzer on my boyfriend. They did a breathalyzer on me. They We weren't drinking. So the breathalyzer didn't show any alcohol. And after that, they were just like, yeah. And my lip is literally swollen. Like- How do you huh? even get a valid breathalyzer with some like- oh, Listen. I don't want, oh my God. Yeah, so- it was just a mess and we're just like you know what let's just leave we're obviously not welcome here we need to get out of right. here and uh we just need to get cast some help so my boyfriend literally like carries me on his back down the street mm -hmm. until we get to like the the main area where we can get the boat and the boat takes us back across um to the to split he has to stay outside of the hospital because it's covid so now the main hospital is like you can't come in so that was really hard like being in there um and then the police came to meet me there again because I guess they called the, the hospital ahead to tell them this person's coming, make sure you take a police report. They did another breathalyzer on me while I was there and filled out another police report. They were super hostile with me. The lady came, checked my lip, it split open. So she's like, you need to get stitches. This is my first time ever getting stitches. And I'm like crying because I'm in pain. And the doctor as she's stitching me is like, you're a, gr you're, you're a grown woman, why are you crying? Like, that's how the doctor's talking to me as she's stitching my lip. And I'm just like, are you free? Did you ever got stitches? Like, it are hurts. you me? Let me get out of here. Let me get out of these people's hospital because this ain't it. So they do the x-ray. They check my leg. They check my head. Everything's fine. I was in there for maybe like three, four hours and then left. And that was, we went, we, we slept on, in split that night and then went back in the morning because we had to, me and my boyfriend were the only ones who could drive, who had our license to drive. So we had to okay. be the ones to bring the camper van back. Our other two friends who were left on the island couldn't do that. So they slept in the camper van while we did the hospital thing and came back so we could bring them back across. And then um, we went to the police station to get my ID back and had to pay 
like I think it was like 350 Canadian dollars for them to give it back. I asked them specifically, what is the reason why I'm being charged with the fine, why I'm being fined? And they were like, you were in an accident. I was like, I was not in an accident. I fell off my motorbike. I didn't hit anybody. So if I'm sitting in a parking lot and I fall over on my bike, that means I should get fined. And I was like, can you show me the law that says that I would, I'm supposed to be fined for this? They pulled out their law book. I, it's in Croatian. So I use like a Google translator app mm-hmm. to, to read what it says. And it says any person who is in an accident um, because of speeding, alcoholism or anything like that is subject to a fine and I'm like none of these none of these apply to me so what am I being fined for and all he kept repeating was you are the 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 Croatian law is that you you have accident you pay fine that is Croatian law I'm like what law what law and he was completely like dismissing us until I paid so I just paid the money and took my ID back I, I have the whole like series of it on my story highlights and on my IGTV as well because mm-hmm. I was like updating people as it went along so if anybody wants to see more on that it's there as well yeah. but that was that I decided to continue the trip with my bus up lip and everything with my stitched up lip and um, from there we finished our trip in Croatia two more we spent like two more days there then went on to Slovenia Italy and Greece and had an amazing time so um, at least it turned out nicely yeah 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 and you know what seems strange to me? It's like, I feel like stitches are like rudimentary medical care. Like how yeah. can you be a hospital and not be able to do stitches? Like, right. I feel like a nurse can do stitches, uh, a doctor, like you don't even have right. to be a PA or a medical provider or whatever. But right. I mean, I'm also not in medical field. So I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm also, also, I ain't mad at them making sure that the right person did it because I would hate to have my lips stitched up by the wrong person. Yes. So, yes. So, fair. <laughs> I ain't mad at I, it. I hear I you, but I mean, <laughs> I would think if you were a doctor, anybody hospital, I don't know you might be able was. to do stitches. Yeah. But then, I don't know who he was. Or maybe they didn't have the right medical professionals there. Maybe it's just like paramedics mm-hmm. and like first responders who are there and they don't have okay. like, the, the extensive stuff to do. Uh, equipment to do stuff there so I don't know and you did say it was late so it's possible that maybe like on staff they they're not going to call a doctor in to do stitches you know what I mean they might just say you know well we only have nurses and other I don't don't fucking know but question for you what type of ID did they take did they take like a driver's driver's license license. yeah it was my driver's license did you consider just leaving it behind like because I feel like when I was listening to you talk on um clubhouse i was just like oh baby that's staying <laughs> that license is staying like i'll renew it when i get back i know it's what everybody said but at the time if i'm completely honest i my license was suspended because okay. of the parking ticket and i would have had to pay a lot that. of money to get my license back if i if i left it behind and circle and i needed to keep that for travels at that point in time so i'm like i think i'm going back to canada for now i need to have a license for the rest of this trip at least because if we're renting a car or renting anything else it's my form of id outside of my life outside of my passport and it's not an easy fix like i'm back in london not an easy thing for me to go replace so i was like had it been any other situation i'm going right back home it's an easy replacement Mm -hmm. i would have definitely left it but yeah that makes perfect sense. In that yeah. case, it's worth the bread too. Cause it, you would have taken the L trying to try to uh, come back and do that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And considering you and your boyfriend were the only two that were able to drive the camper, exactly. 
you're kind of putting yourself at even more of a risk to you try to drive, get pulled exactly. over. And then now they looking at you like, oh, and it's who right. got your license? Right. Got it. So you really fucking up out here. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Full circle. That makes sense. Well, I'm glad it ended up turning out. Okay. How, how are you feeling now? Because that was during COVID. So it wasn't that long ago. Like, are you okay? Did you heal up? Yeah. I have like a, a scar on my upper lip, um, which can be covered by makeup and mm-hmm. it's not horrible, but like, I'm fine now. I'm perfectly fine. I do have like my shoulders since then have never been the same. Like mm-hmm. they, I think they, they were like, maybe like minor dislocated. I got them minor dislocated when I fell off the bike. Ooh. And so like, I can't let, lift them up or move them around without them really cracking and like make um, like causing me some sort of pain. And I'm at the age now when you hurt yourself, them things don't heal no more. They don't heal. This body don't heal like it used to. So sure don't. Sure don't. <laughs> so that's what I'm dealing with now. Um, but besides that, like I'm good. Like it's all it's all in the past. It's a story to tell now and whatnot. So. Now, did they uh, charge you for the care that was administered or do you have like travel insurance? How did that play out? They charged me for the care that was administered. And at the time, did I, how did we deal with that? Uh, I think my boyfriend dealt with the bill at the time. Honestly, he was an angel at the time because, and I just used, I just used my travel money. I don't usually get travel insurance. Because mm-hmm. I've always been a flight attendant or I've had a credit card that has travel insurance on it. But I okay. just stopped being a flight attendant in October, right the year before. And so I hadn't really thought of, oh, get travel insurance before you travel because it's not something I've ever had to think mm-hmm. about or consider. But now it's something that I'm like, yeah, every time you travel cast, make sure you have travel insurance because you don't have a job that covers that. Well, now right. I have a job that covers it again. But at the time, mm-hmm. I didn't have like a profession that covered it with my own with with given travel insurance or anything. So I was okay. just out of pocket. So damn. And was it like wild wild or was it I like think, like I um, remember um because I feel like Croatia is going to be... I don't, think it, that, I don't be... think it was that expensive. I don't remember it being okay. crazy expensive. I think it was a, at least like, I want to say like 200 euros maybe. Like, okay. it wasn't like crazy. It wasn't anything crazy. They, they were charging you more in fees and transportation than actual yeah, administering exactly. medical care. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's fucking nuts. I'm yeah. like... I'm more, I'm upset. Like I was there, like, I want to write someone a letter now. Like, fuck y'all off of principle. Cause you're taking, you're being, uh, uh, what's the name? Predatory. Like you're taking advantage of people who are, you know, having a difficult enough time communicating with you because of a language barrier. And besides the language barrier, I'm in pain. Like what if you were by yourself and you didn't have somebody there, uh, your friends or your boyfriend there to help advocate for you. You know what I mean? Like clearly they're giving you stitches and like, bitch, why are you crying? Cause I'm in pain. This has already been a, tr- like, you know what I mean? You don't know how I ended up getting stitches. I can yeah. still be upset about the accident in general. It, it's just, that's- and you know what? You know what? I had a lot of Croatian friends or Croatian, random Croatian people comment on the situation at the time because I had posted about it and they were all like the police were abusing of their authority they were taking advantage of you guys as tourists and that's just the nature of the corrupted like Croatian police and that's if we're honest like that's the nature of um people in authority in most countries they take advantage of people anywhere you go like you deal with the police they're always trying to swindle you for some type of made-up fee or trying to take advantage of you. And that's just the nature of the system. So have you had any other, 
um, dealings with police and other destinations that you've had to kind of navigate through? Yeah, when I was in Ghana, it wasn't me specifically, but um, my boyfriend, again, like we've had so many adventure run-ins with the police, clearly this is our thing. But um, when we first like kind of um, connected in Ghana, we were dry. What happens when you're out there is like the police will do random checks on the streets and just like at random, they'll tell everybody to come out the car and search you. And if they find anything, you're getting a fine. Yeah, they do that at random. So we had we had run encountered one of those and he had weed on him, like a really small like um, mm -hmm. joint. And um, the police officer found it in his bag and took him to the station over. It was like the smallest smallest like, pepper. Sam, like you can have it like, <laughs> it was, like I, didn't know, I didn't know like it was weed like try to say like I didn't know it was weed like yeah. I, didn't, I just got it from this festival we were at because we just came from Afrochella right oh and, nice. um, yeah and they were like oh well that's too bad we're gonna have to take you to the station we sat there with them on the side of the street like 20 30 minutes and and the officer was clearly like waiting to hear the right price but we were just like going back and forth with him. And then he, he, they, they took him in the, in the car, the police car by himself and made us go separate. So we like followed in another Uber behind him to find, follow him to the station. I ended up staying in the station. They were like, we're gonna keep him here overnight so that we can take him to court because he need, we need to press charges. And then they're like, the fine is like, it was some insane amount, like, like at least like 500 pounds that they were trying to charge him and um is that when, convert? that's like say like i want to say like 600 us dollars 700 okay. six, six to 700 us dollars um and um and so he was like he was trying to say this is all this is all the money i have like well, the money i have on me is what i have and the officers were not taking it we're not taking it they're like you're gonna have to stay here overnight so i sat there with him while his brother and um his close friend went to the atm and brought out like I don't remember what they paid I think it was like two two thousand five hundred Ghana cities which is um which is 427 US dollars mm -hmm. and that's how much they paid and they let him go so it's like it's not even a matter of you're breaking the law and we need to uphold it it's how much are you going to pay so we can yeah. how much are you going to pay us that's basically all it is Cause I feel like the average person will respect like, I right, fam, you got me. Like if I do something wrong, but it's, yeah. I, I just, it really bothers me when there is that sense of everything being negotiable, but you're not willing to negotiate with me or right. your, it's less, it's, that's the frustrating part for me. It's kind of like, so I get that every country is different. Everybody's got their laws and respect is respect you go someplace else and you respect their cultures respect their norms but when you know things like this are happening and it's really about just negotiating it's like where's that line like it just because we anticipate it or we expect that that may be the case doesn't mean that it's something that things want to deal with like that it's right. like come on fam like do that to somebody else not me right. brother right. come on god damn that's frustrating uh, it is it's a lot like it's like it, what was so frustrating more frustrating about that situation was that like this is the whole year of the return and mm. like you know welcoming the people of the diaspora back to Ghana and we experienced a lot of situations like that where it was just like bruh you're supposed to be welcoming us back and this is how you're treating us like 
how what kind of impression does that leave on us like what kind of message does that send us right now as people who are supposed to be coming back to the motherland so we can unite and work to towards like a, a better combined future but it seems like you guys are trying to take advantage of us and really just like this this ain't it this ain't it so yeah. it, was, it was just a very frustrating situation to be in. Granted, the laws of a country are the laws of a country. That's cool. Cool. But mm-hmm. what he was doing wasn't anything that w- was worth bringing him to the, to the station and doing all that, obviously proven by the fact that he was able to pay his way out of it. Right. And that's where, and that's why it's, it's frustrating because it's right. like, it's, it, he wasn't moving weight. He wasn't right. in here exactly. trying, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so much shit going on. And it's even more frustrating when you watch people do wild shit. Like when you watch people yeah. like egregiously like throw chairs, break damaged property and things. It's like, okay, so if you stepped in and arrested somebody, yes, maybe get as much as you can out of this idiot being this crazy. But right. like you stopped me. I wasn't doing anything wrong. So it's just like, you're looking for anything looking for you can it. find. Absolutely. that's the that's that's ridiculous but i mean it is what it is so what was the other trip that you took and um i think you mentioned vietnam yes so vietnam one of my top three favorite places in the whole Mm. world i swear by it's just the culture that trip the trip that my first time in vietnam saved my life like when i went there i was like my first time there was right before I did my first group trip that eventually led to the Roman Republic, which is the travel company that I have. So I did like a pre-trip to South Korea and Vietnam and it was a solo trip. That was also the first time I rode a motorbike. And but prior to going into that trip, I was at this really low point place in my life. Like I was very depressed. I felt like, why am I here? Like, what's my meaning? Like, what's my purpose? I'm not doing anything. I had do, I'd been doing like the travel influencing thing for a while. And I was like, I feel like this has no purpose. All these pretty pictures and and whatnot like what's the point of all this and I didn't feel like I was doing anything of value and I was just really really low I like depressed and so when I went on that trip like I just had a very like big aha moment of um I I could go into detail about it but basically I just had an aha moment on that trip that really changed my life and gave me like a newfound like desire to live again and desire to explore and desire to just like see the world. And, um, and, and I felt like I found, I found that feeling of, I have a purpose. I have a reason to be here on that trip. So that's why I always say like travel literally changed and saved my life. And um, Vietnam will always have like a really, really dear place in my heart because of that. And, um, and um yeah, but basically my first motorbike trip was on that trip. I um, literally just, I was in South Korea visiting one of my best friends out there. And uh, the morning that I went to Vietnam, I was sitting on her couch, like, where am I going to go next before I go to Thailand, which is where I was hosting a group trip. And I was like, I still have a week to go. So she was like, go to Vietnam because you can rent a motorbike there and and, and um, like motorbike across down the coast. And I was like, okay, Ooh. so it's like 8 a.m., I booked the flight, booked the Airbnb and catch the flight that afternoon to Vietnam. And I got there, arrived at the the Airbnb, which was like a little boutique hotel. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. how do I get a motorbike? And they're like, we'll organize it for you in the morning and we'll have it here for you. Got up in the morning, paid $5 and they gave me a motorbike. Yeah. And Vietnam is so dirt cheap, like dirt cheap. Like it's in, insane. 
got up in the morning, practiced riding my motorbike that day um, and got used to it. And then the next day booked a, a trip from there to Hoi, Hoi, uh, Hue, which was like, a, it was a three and a half hour bike ride down the coast of Vietnam. But what they do is they take your bags for you and take it by van and they go ahead of you to deliver it to your hotel. And then they give you the motorbike and the um, and they put up a map on your phone. So I had Google Maps then. And I, they just put a Google Maps on your phone for you with all these different location, good location points to stop at. And I got like a little phone holder to put on the bike. And I just got on my bike and trekked, took seven hours for me to take go from Hoi An to Hue. And it was just like the most incredible trip of my life. Now that I'm telling the story, I just remember that that's not the, that's actually not the trip that I actually fell off the motorbike. It was my second time. It's still a nice story. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that sounds incredible. <laughs> it was the most amazing trip experience of my entire life. Like I can't like, I can't ex express enough how life-changing that trip was. Um, like it was incredible. But my second time in Vietnam, which was right before our second trip to Thailand, the Roman Republic's second trip to Thailand, I went back. And I had a very eventful day coming in because I went with somebody that I just didn't like get along with and didn't have like a really good time with. I ended up getting locked out of my Airbnb because she was out partying or somewhere when I arrived and it was like two o'clock in the morning and I'm out, I was out there for two hours and I couldn't get in and had to find my own spot. So I didn't sleep the night before I got my motorbike. And, mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, it's time for me to get on a motorbike. I'm in Vietnam, motorbike time. So yeah. I went, rented my bike. And because I was so tired, I was literally falling asleep while I was on the bike. Like, you wow. know what those moments when you're falling asleep while you're driving, like, yep, it's been there, that, but I'm on a bike and yep. I'm like, there's nowhere for me to pull over. Cause I can't just pull over and sleep on the bike. I'm yeah. <laughs> on a motorbike. So I'm trying to get to my hotel room, trying to get to my hotel room, which is 20 minutes out. And I'm falling asleep. I'm just like, Cass, wake up, stay up, stay up, stay up. So by the time I get literally like to around the corner, here it's these corners around the corner <laughs> from my from my hotel. I'm waiting at the, the intersection to turn left um, because cars are coming. And then I'm falling asleep while I'm about to, while I'm waiting. And I turn the corner so slow because I was falling asleep that I just tipped over sideways. And I skid on the ground and scraped a huge part of my leg off. And um, I just got up and rode the bike up and just like parked it and went to sleep. Um, did I go to the hospital that night? I don't even remember what I did that night. I think I might've just went, it was late at night. So I think I just went to sleep and woke up in the morning and then went to the, um, and went to like a pharmacy, got disinfectant and, and gauze and put it on top of it. And I didn't actually go get it checked until I got to Thailand because my ankle, at this point, my ankle starts to swell up. It's starting to swell up and it's pussing yellow. Like what? it was like layers, it was layers of scraping. And, um, and so I spent four days in Vietnam, I think, and then went off to Thailand. And when I got to Thailand, I went to a farm uh, uh, to a pharmacy there. At this at this point, I did have travel insurance because I was a flight attendant, and that comes with your um, that comes with your benefits. So I just like went there. They scraped it and cleaned it, and um, gave me like antibiotics and um, took care of it like that. And then I just had to clean it every day. But um, yeah, I went into my group trip, hosting a group trip, ho hobbling on my leg because. Oof that 
and just, that, um, again that didn't stop me from getting on a motorbike again because after that trip I went on a motorbike in that same trip in Thailand while I was in Thailand got right back on one and then Croatia two years later on a year later got back on a motorbike and I would still get back on one again just more cautiously and not ride them when I'm tired and be cautious of those corners especially well I will say it's absolutely admirable that you can see yourself going through the adversity and like still not letting that deter you from going someplace. Have you been back to either of those countries after um, the accidents, especially Uh, Croatia? Have you been back to Croatia since? No, no, no. I haven't been back to Croatia since, but I would go back. But outside of the situation with the authorities, the people were so friendly. The food was great. The views are incredible. I had a really, really good time in Croatia. I really loved it. So I would definitely go back because there was so much more that I need to see. Vietnam, a million times over. If they were open right now, I would be living there, honestly, because I love it so much. So absolutely would be back. Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, group trips and the Roaming Republic. Can you give me a, a, like, what is the Roaming Republic and what do you do? with that? The Roaming Republic is a group travel company. We host group trips for um, people basically all over the world. We've done Thailand, um, uh, Colombia, Morocco, Bali, uh, South Africa. And our last trip last year was to Trinidad um, and some other spots that I'm not thinking of right now. But basically how it started was um, I connected with a a late great friend of mine named Sed. He passed away um, in 20. 19 unfortunately Um, thank you Um, but we connected through Instagram like just through the black travel community and collaborated on a trip to Thailand Um, and that was the the trip to Thailand that I went that I was hosting right after my first trip to Vietnam and the trip that really also gave me like purpose like I was like wow there is meaning to what I'm doing I can inspire people and create experiences for people through what I'm doing right now so that entire trip was just like from Vietnam to Thailand it a entire eat pray love experience so that was the first trip that we collaborated on and it went so well that we decided to launch another Thailand trip which was the next trip that I did following my Vietnam trip that um, I got the, got into the accident with on and um, so we, we, once we came back from that Thailand trip, we launched a second trip to Thailand a l- the week after, and then we launched a trip to Croatia. And then this was August, 2018. By December, 2018, we decided to um, create a name for ourselves and we called it the Roaming Republic. And um, I built the website, created the Instagram, and then we launched on Instagram. And um, the reception was very, very well, well received. Um, we did one last trip together um, in, March, which was the Thailand, the second Thailand trip. And then he passed away in May, two weeks before we were going to do our third trip to Costa Rica. Yeah. And so since then, I've just continued running the the company and I officially incorporated it in October, 2019. So I made official company. Thank you. And have continued to run it since. And obviously we've been at a standstill since February because of Corona, Mm -hmm. but um, the goal, my goal right now has been to just kind of get out there myself since last year and see things get a taste for things and a feel for how things are so that when I host group trips again I can do so properly safely and with the not the firsthand knowledge of having experienced it and seen it and um just kind of like go to sleep with the with the assurance that like I'm not putting anybody at risk and um, my roamers are safe 
traveling with me. So um, that will be the goal this year. I definitely want to um, relaunch with some trips to Africa. That's the plan. I want to do like um, Ghana, which I just came back from and uh, Tanzania and Kenya. So we're looking forward to getting those out again this year. And um, that's essentially what the Roman Republic is about. We're a community of roamers, which is what we call people who travel with us, just like um, creating home wherever we go. And that's the vibe. It's a big family of travelers all over. So that's so who we are and that's what we do. Who is your uh travel demographic like what type of travelers do you feel generally gravitate to group trips so um my demographic is black travelers because i Mm -hmm. i my my main focus and said's main focus has always been to inspire minorities to go abroad because when we started doing that there wasn't a lot of um of us doing it so that's where the heart of it has started doesn't mean like we're closed off to anybody else but if you're not a black traveler just know that the culture is black. We are an unapologetically black. We hold space for black people to feel connected to other people who are about that travel life. And if you're cool with that and don't feel intimidated or afraid of that, then come along. But that's the vibe that we that right. we hold. Yeah. Because I've always wondered if I could do a group trip like I, I, I generally travel solo, just started mm-hmm. traveling with um, my boyfriend and I've taken maybe two three other trips with other people. I went to um, St. Barthes St. Martin with my mom. Love her. Love that. She's funny as fuck. I, she surprised me on that one. It's, it's, it's a different type of humor, like when y'all both grown. <laughs> so that I've been loving. Um, hey mom, I've been loving that about you, girl. You hilarious. <laughs> um, and then I, it's just, at the same time as love you, ma, but I, yeah, at a certain point, like she's still my mom. So yeah, we bump heads. And so it's like now I'm on vacation, bumping heads with my mom. You know what I mean? And I know one time I'd gone on a trip with one of my closest friends and love her dearly. But like by the third day of us being together, because we only had one car, we'd gone to Alberta together and we saw a lot of Alberta, BC, and um, a lot of the national parks out there. Incredible time, beautiful views. But it was just, because there was no opportunity to be like, okay, so you go do this and I go do that. It just got to the point where it's just like, we're clashing heads. That being said, I am a bit standoffish to group trips or like group endeavors, but I still feel like that there can be so much to be um, gained from just like a different type of travel experience. I just don't know that um, someone that personally identifies as a solo traveler um, would find space or like feel like I fit in that group uh, space. I mean, I hear people say, I have a friend of mine, she was actually on a couple um, episodes ago was saying that when you find a group of people that are okay with being solo travelers, that's when you click. That's when the trip goes so much better and it makes sense. But I've never had that experience myself. So I've always been a little hesitant to doing um, group trips. Like do you guys do the itinerary for everybody and it's kind of like you join when you want to join. You kind of like, how does, what's the flow of a Roaming Republic trip? So every company does it their own way. For me, 
for for one i like to put an emphasis on countries that i've already been to so i choose countries that i've been to that i have connects with that i have the connections with and have some sort of like knowledge of so that when i'm planning the trip it's not coming based off of i just want to take people here it's coming off of i've experienced this place and i'm comfortable taking a group here because i know it well enough and training hosts to come on the trips so what i do is i curate the entire itinerary um, from day one to day, the longest trip we've done is I think nine days our South Africa trip was. So, okay. um, but they're generally usually five to six days. So I'll curate an entire itinerary. Um, we don't put it in stone until we've we, until everybody's booked because we like to get people's feedback on what activities they want to do once the group has been created. So that creates a more like family type atmosphere. We get people's input on it and um, they feel like they took part in like creating their experience as well. So I'll have like suggested items and then people can like maybe vote on what we're doing. Or if it's like a country that is like, these are set things you should do, then I'll, I'll make sure those are staple things. Um, and then we'll build the itinerary that way. And then um, we always have like a free day in there for people to do whatever they plan to do. We do a welcome dinner, a farewell dinner, a group, a, a group photo shoot day. So we'll have like a morning scheduled for like a, a group photo shoot day, which is usually themed, which is a theme that everybody comes up with as well. Put out, we put out ideas and everybody votes on what the theme is. Same with our welcome dinner. And um, we house everybody in villas. So we always choose really nice villas because that gives you like a really family homey feel as opposed to hotels where it's very like separated and like more like um, resort feel. And um, that like has cult that whole way of doing trips has cultivated this very family like culture within the Roman Republic. So um, I think that's what sets us apart from other group travel companies, just like the culture that we've cultivated with our roamers. People have really become attached to the community and become friends, end up doing meetups in between the trips. Um, we always do group chats so people keep those going or we'll start their own or do their own trips as well. Like all that kind of stuff happens. So um, that's essentially the vibe that we cultivate and the feel that we cultivate. I like to say um, home is where you roam meaning like um, like it, home is not like a series of walls. It's not like what you, yeah. not, it's not like where you live, it can be cultivated in the experiences that you create and the people that you create those experiences with wherever you go. So um, that's essentially what I try to create in the trips that um, I plan and put out there. I like that. What yeah. size, what are the general sizes of the trip? Do you cap it or is it um, something that you generally kind of leave open to whomever's interested? It it all depends on the accommodations that I find because said was really big on like luxury accommodations. He loves those. And um, I grew to love those as well because of him. And so that's kind of like what I steer. I, I let decide the, the group size. I find a nice, I, I decide where I want to go. And then I look for a really nice villa or nice accommodation. And then if it's something that I'm sold on, I'm like, that's how many can you guys hold? And that's the, that's the group size. Sometimes what will happen is more people want to go on the trip. So I'll find another accommodation nearby that mm -hmm. um, is close enough so that I can house more people, but it's generally 30 people. That's what we usually okay. do. I look for, I look to be able to host, host 30 people. The smallest trip we did was like 22 people. And that was in Trinidad. Um, that's just a more, that was a more expensive trip because that was carnival. So that was just naturally a smaller trip. And um, that was my first time doing a resort as opposed to a villa. I did not like that at all. I won't be doing that again. But um, uh, that was, so that, that, that was kind of like, um, that's kind of like what determines like the size of our, 
our trips though like the the accommodations that I find and I aim okay. for 30 don't want it to be more than that because then it takes away the intimacy smaller than that it can be a little bit intim- t- intimidating I think when you have a smaller group of people um and uh, interestingly enough um I feel 30 is a good is a is a good happy medium between between too not too small and not too big okay. Okay, yeah. that can make sense. When you have smaller groups, you tend to feel like, okay, I gotta keep yeah. seeing this shit that rubbed exactly. me the wrong way. I consistently, she keeps sitting the fuck across from yeah. me at every fucking meal, sis. We yeah. have not been getting along. Or you kind of just feel more inclined to stay with the group when it's only like nine of you. That I, I can see yeah. that making sense. There's exactly. enough people that you can kind of pocket yourselves. You can float to different groups. You can, okay, this group, oh, see, you're the group I go party with. And you're the group that I find really good, like fucking poop right. with. Okay, I like that. Huh, I'll give that a try, maybe. Maybe I'll dabble my toe in the uh, the group trip, bro. I don't yes. know. My toes be cold quick, but I don't so know. <laughs> a lot of people will tell will, who will come on our trips will be like, I'm not a group trip type person, but will love the feel that the Roman Republic gives because it, it's there's a space for for everyone. I do my best to make sure to make everybody feel welcome and like, um, and feel embraced in the space that that they're in. So I've learned to do that over time and learned how to do that over time. So, um, or either way, you'll find somebody who will do that for you. So it's just mm-hmm. like, I think the room, I'm, I'm not trying to be biased or nothing, but I think the room is a place to start. <laughs> so question for you. I know you mentioned um, being um, an influencer prior to doing uh, the Roaming Republic. What types of mediums do you focus on? Do you have like a YouTube? Do you have a blog? Um, yeah. Do you like what, uh, what do you do? Like how can the people source out the, the vibe and the, the feel that you're curating? So now um, my main start, my main thing is Instagram. Like that's where I will post my own content as well as my uh, promote group travel. So Bella Worldwide is my Instagram. The Roaming Republic is the Roaming Republic's Instagram. And um, obviously you can find me on Clubhouse as well, Bella Worldwide as well. And I have a YouTube channel that I started with my partner called Cast the letter N, Jove. And he's an amazing content creator. He does most of my photography and um, drone content. So we've combined forces to create content on YouTube. Um, So definitely check us out there. And I will be posting new stuff to my own YouTube channel as well soon, which is also Bella Worldwide. And um, I'll be launching a blog this year, which will have personal services that I offer myself. Um, as well as my blog content. My Instagram is kind of like a blog anyways right now. So I figured I might as well convert it to a real blog where I write out these long ass captions that I always write anyways in a blog style. So um, I'll be doing that. I'll be launching a Bella World trip this year and um, the Roaming Republic. You can also find us at www.theromingrepublic.com and we'll be launching merch as well on that site as well as group trips this year again um, and different styles of group trips uh, more so. And lastly, I'll be launching a women's travel brand this year called Bella Kai Collection. Bell, which is a combination of Bella and La Kai, which means home in Haitian, in Creole, Haitian Creole. Um, and um, I, I want, to, it's an initiative I want to start to like combine my love for travel and getting women, Black women abroad, as well as um, just like some sort of give back to my mother's home country, which is Haiti. So um, that'll be something that I'll be launching by summertime this this year as well. So. Look out for all of those things. 
all the different pots you stir in. Mm-hmm. Would travel insurance be something, one of those things that you, um, like I know you mentioned uh, services that you offer in terms of, oh, do you curate trips for people that don't do group trips? Like if I want, or like, do you sell um, uh, guides or um, itineraries? So this is, is something, something everybody asks me about. And so that will be a service that I'll be offering on my site once that does launch. <laughs> so I absolutely do plan on doing that. Absolutely. Enough people have asked me about it. So I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely see that there's a there's a space for that. So I feel like that's where the money resides. <laughs> Collect those coins. <laughs> By any means necessary. Okay. So yeah, I definitely will be tapping into that. Um, all of those services you'll be able mm-hmm. to find on my website. Um, once that's up and running, hopefully within the next month. Okay. And the, um, would you have any, I know you said you have a job again that um, provides insurance. Would you have any suggestions for um, anyone that is looking to purchase insurance Um, or even with traveling during COVID? I've heard that certain destinations are requiring you to have particularly uh, COVID insurance. What are you, what has been your experience with travel insurance um, considering your experience being hurt and then uh, especially with the travels that you're currently doing during uh, the pandemic? So um, I would, so, so I've been looking into this just for, just for um, future, what I will suggest to um, roamers or people who travel with me, because I, w- I definitely will be making that something mandatory to travel with us, getting your own insurance. Um, a site that I did find was travelxinsurance.com and they give you different quotes for um, different types of travel insurances and just Googling COVID and COVID-19 travel insurance because a lot of travel insurance companies do not cover COVID. So you want Mm -hmm. to make sure that you find a travel policy that specifically covers COVID related travel issues. So um, definitely if you're looking for that, travel X insurance is a great place to start. And then just in general, Googling COVID-19 travel insurance, because there are specific policies for that now. Yeah, you may end up needing um, more than one policy. You may need a separate uh, COVID policy because I I don't remember what company it was, but I want to say the last, I was in Guadalupe in January, and I'm pretty certain that I purchased um, insurance for that, not because COVID or anything, because this was before I knew anything. Um, about it, but I know that I felt better trying to surf. I knew I felt better, um, you know, doing a lot of just shit I wouldn't know. Shit I would never do at home. Like I would never cross my eye to do some shit like this in New York, but put me in somebody else's beach, put me anywhere else and it's automatically a good fucking idea. All that being said, it, it's not expensive. Like, I feel like they charge you more for the flight insurance when you're trying to book your flight than I was able to, than I ended up spending in terms of just getting travel insurance. Um, I might've spent like $18, $20. I didn't spend more than $50, put it that way, in um, the form of getting, I want to say nine, I think I did eight or nine days of, of coverage or some shit like that. Um, but I would absolutely suggest that everybody look into insurance because they tend to cover a shit ton of things that can possibly go wrong. The last thing you want to do, especially if you're a solo travel uh, traveler, is to be stuck someplace, being taken advantage of, and you know have no recourse to get home or to be able to get to 
um, you know, someone that can help you. So I would definitely say if you asked my opinion, and since you're here, let's pretend you did, um, spend the $40, spend the $20, whatever it is just for, and you'd rather not need it. You'd rather spend $50 up front and not need to pay, uh, to pay five grand to, you know, walk out the hospital without getting your shit stitched up or, you know, without getting a Band-Aid or anything of the sort. So you'd rather spend it and not need it, y'all. So, um, do I even, y'all, links in the description. I, that's all I got, links in the description. Y'all know where the, um, the Instagrams are, travel and shit, no I and shit, just an underscore. Um, travelandshippodcast.com, link for the merch there, link for the course. Um, I appreciated chatting with you, Cassie. I really um, enjoyed that. I'm glad you're okay, more importantly, because I feel like the stress would have taken the kid out. Like, <laughs> I'd be nervous. Them bikes, man, they look cute. <laughs> Ain't a thing that can stop me from traveling. That's on period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but thank you. I really appreciate this. Um, I enjoyed speaking with you as well. You are a bubble of energy in life. And um, I'll be listening to your other episodes because I, I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. So holler at both of us on the internet. And I'll see y'all motherfuckers next week. But don't forget, travel is more than vacation. Bye, y'all. <laughs>